welcome to Stupid Genius. Stupid Genius. I'm... Oh, you go, you go. You go. No, you go. <laughs> I'm Molly. I'm Emily. And this is Stupid Genius. Yes. <laughs> we always mess it up. Let's well, do. Um, so how was your weekend? It's all right, thank you. I spent a little bit with it. <laughs> I spent a little bit of it with you, so you'll know all about that. Yeah, one. you're going to get sick of me. <laughs> I, what do you mean going to get sick of me? Rude. I'm joking, I love it. No, it was good. I had like a bit of a chilled one. Um, <laughs> yesterday was quite chilled, although I've got myself in a bit of stress about Ronnie, who for our loyal listeners will know is my oldest Grumpy cat. Oldest grumpy cat. My gorgeous. Garfield. Kid. If you could actually <laughs> have Garfield in real life. That's him. Yeah. But unfortunately, like, he's got really matted. Like, his fur's got really matted. And I feel like such You're gonna a have to bad shave it. parent. Oh. Because I groom him all the time. But since, like, we've had Albie and he's been, like, quite snappy, he's not uh. let me groom him the same as, like, I used to in, like, the previous winter. And I realised yesterday that like un- his like bottom coat underneath his like fl- fluffy coat is matted, not all of it, but like a lot of it. And so I started hacking at it yesterday, and I've mm. made a massive ball patch. And we're gonna have to shave him. You're gonna have to shave him. I saw a cat for adoption that was shaved because their fur was all matted. Oh my god! Don't say that because that is exactly <laughs> what I said to Lloyd. I was like. This is like one of those horrible situations where you see it on Instagram and it's like, look what he was like. And he's like all mangy and then some yeah. new owner takes him. It's not that bad. It's not that bad. And it is quite common in long-haired cats. Yeah. They get it like above their shoulders. Like, you know where there's a lot of movement and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I've actually inquired. There's a cat groomer, which I didn't know cat groomers were a thing because you no, have neither. to be mental to be a cat groomer because I bet you get absolutely clawed to shit. Um, <laughs> what a fun job. I love my job that she's like scratched she's the from, cat lady, scratch from head to <laughs> Day. She does cat making. She's like shaking. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but I've emailed her because I just thought rather you than me, love. You know? <laughs> 100%. <laughs> I don't, Ronnie doesn't need to hate you anymore. I know. But I was a treat up so late last night just Googling like cat matting and I had him on my lap while I was doing it just like feeding him dreamies. Like, oh, just like <laughs> yeah, ripping his hair out. And he's like... Oh my god! <laughs> yeah, more one. That's life. all he does now. <gasps> Shut up! He doesn't do all. That isn't all he does. But yeah, he's not the uh, the little. I used to carry him around like a baby. Yeah, there's none of that at the moment. But I'm hoping he will settle. Hopefully, eight to twelve months is apparently the average it takes. <laughs> We're about four months in. So how so was your weekend friend. anyway? <laughs> Shit, I had to spend it with you. <laughs> Fuck off. <laughs> no, it was really nice actually. I think. I think it was a chilled one, but it definitely wasn't. Yeah, it was chilled for me yeah. in many ways. But yeah. then at the same time, yeah, still did quite did some work. And did that. some work. We did some yoga. Yeah, I went little to yoga a little brunch. weird gig thing. Oh my God, how was that? <laughs> it was... So can I just say, I was with Emily for most of Saturday day. By 8pm, Emily was leaving my house and I was like, I'm ready to get into my mm-hmm. pyjamas. And Emily was like, oh, oh yeah, get... I've got a gig tonight. It starts at midnight. I was like... What? Don't get me wrong. I too was ready to get into my gym jams. But did you go? Yeah. So I got back at nine, got dressed. We left at 10. We got there at half 10, went to spa, got a sandwich, got a meal deal because I was quite hungry. That was my dinner. And then uh, we went in and it was like weird. It was because we were obviously we're both sober as well. And then this band that came on and they were the weirdest. He had one of those like old school, you know, when you used to touch the balls and the, the electric 
would go to your fingers. I don't know how to describe that yeah, any like better. Static, sort static of, ball. Yeah, I know exactly what he. Mean. Hopefully, the listeners will. His head was like that. He had a hat like that. He had his back. His drumist. Dr- the drummer was an alien. The guitarist his was an alien. That's drummist. a new one. Yeah, his drummist. His drummist. Can you tell? Can you tell? I'm very musically inclined. And um, the pianist was like this wizard guy. It was the weirdest thing. And then he was just like... Like fun though? Really fun. Weird. Let's say you're stupid and you're genius. Though. Stupid That's is... So stupid funny. is... Um, I've lost my lanyard and I've lost my... The more important one, I've lost... My, I keep losing my lanyard, so it will pop up somewhere. Uh, my like diary book. Not a dear diary, like thoughts and feelings. Although that would be really... It does really have worrying. some reflections in it. <laughs> That's like... I hate my life. Why am I doing a PhD? Dear diary, today I, today I today want I to quit. Molly again. Yeah, yeah. I don't think I can do it anymore. I'm zapped. <laughs> um, yeah, so it's got all my to-do lists in. I like handwritten to-do lists. I it's like my it's called a bullet journal. I get to like be creative in it. I get to do some like drawings in it. Yeah. So it's got some really shit drawings in it. So like I, you know when like you're like I don't want anyone I know to pick it up because I can like. Emily thinks she's this artist. Does it have your name in it? Yeah. Oh, dear. Yeah. Um, And it has, like, my to-do... Yeah. Everything I'm supposed to do. So you feel a bit lost without it. So I feel a bit lost without... I don't know what I'm doing later, even though it sounds so silly, I do. But, like... No, no, it's like a comfort blanket, isn't it? It's like a safety net, knowing that, oh, if I... Yeah, it's just, like, sometimes even when I know what I've got on the next week, I like just looking through my calendar because it makes me feel, like, reassured that I'm with it and I know yeah it'll show up do not it will worry. show up it will show, it will show up. up and also like I just I need something to physically tick off what's your genius you go stupid oh yeah okay yeah. well I've actually just thought of one <laughs> as in like I didn't have one but I've just thought okay of one. um so when I was a teenager I was a big fan of oh, oh my, my god. god who am I kidding I wasn't a teenager I was in my 20s <laughs> who am I kidding I'm a massive fan now <laughs> of the Vampire Diaries. Do you sure you, I was about to say, are you sure you want to say this? Emily, I have it? no, I have no, like, um, what's the word? Pride. I mean, so just like, yeah, yeah. throw it all out there now. <laughs> so I was a big fan of The Vampire Diaries. Anyway, Lloyd messaged me on Friday saying, babe, Comic-Con's coming to Liverpool tomorrow and the Salvatore brothers are there. Now, for anyone who does not watch Vampire Diaries, the Salvatore brothers are the sexy vampire brothers who I used to dream about. I do dream about. <laughs> and anyway, we couldn't go couldn't go for the Saturday, but turned out they were coming to Newport in August, which is like only a couple of hours away from us in Wales. Um anyway, Wales. so I lost my fucking mind for a minute and we decided we'd go to Comic Con because how fun will that be? Like, yeah, amazing. That will fun. be fun, won't it? Yeah. And we like like, you know, Marvel and all that sort yeah. of stuff. So that's gonna be fun. Um, and that was like twenty five quid per ticket. Fine. Easy. 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 Well. <laughs> anyway, I then oh realised... Oh, that laugh <laughs> makes, makes me worried. <laughs> I then realised that um, they have this photograph and autograph ticket opportunity where you can go and have your picture with the Salvatore brothers <laughs> and then get an autograph. So um, I bought it. No. No. I bought it. Okay, nice. Tell yeah. A little bit more. <laughs> 25? No, bit more than that. Oh, 50? <laughs> it was 175. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Do you know what? If any of my family listened to this. Oh like, my god, Molly. We're I not. Know. People that. Okay, people that might not be doing a PhD don't know how much we get paid. 
It is peanuts. We don't get paid much. I think I worked out with the amount of hours I do, but it's like £5 an hour. Do you know what? I had a momentary, like, I think, like a synapse. Is that Yeah, it was. Wait, what time was it? It was about 10 o'clock in the morning. <laughs> I was actually... Not even like, a, like, midnight weird purchase. No, no. It was, it was full brain switched and I was on. on my way to go and teach a, a group of undergrad students <laughs> as well. So I was, like, in, like, professional mode. Honestly, I don't know what happened. Yeah, but how excited are you? I'm so fucking excited. And but can I just also say... Quid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But... Yeah, 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 yeah. No, no, no. You can't no, excuse please. it. After I bought the ticket, I realised that two people can get in the photograph. Oh. So I, thank fuck. I like manipulated my sister <laughs> who listens to the podcast. Thank you, Chloe. She does She's actually, the best. She loves the Salvatores as well. And so I persuaded Chloe to join me. And so we're half in it. Right? So does five she pounds. like she likes them as well? You yeah, know, yeah, she's she not just gonna be miserable in the photo. Like <laughs> how awkward is that photo gonna be though? Yeah. And I read the terms and conditions and it was like um, Don't lick them. You basically have to just like it's like a conveyor belt. They were like in quick snap of the picture and you have to leave. Yeah, the room oh my god. Away. But Are you going to do your makeup like the girl in the... Uh, yeah, yeah. I dress like Elena. I might even buy a wig. <laughs> <laughs> so I can, like... I used to have Elena hair as well. How annoying. And I've cut it off. No, you cut it all off. But apparently you get to speak to them when you get the autograph. No way. Whereas with the picture, it's what very are you much say? like in out. Because I always freak oh, out no, when I, I get... I just go bright red and be like, <laughs> I love you. You're really fit. <laughs> but anyway, so that's my stupid. And I, I, I actually felt instantly stupid and almost regretful. But at the same time, like really excited <laughs> I feel like who cares I don't know like yes it's embarrassing Molly but I'm at the same time Damon and Stefan yeah exactly and you're gonna love that photo what are you gonna do with that photo I actually don't know <laughs> what am I gonna do with it what am I gonna do and Chloe's gonna be in it as well yeah like what where's it gonna go on the where's fridge it? yeah I feel like weird shit just goes in the fridge and on our Instagram account obviously so guys in August keep your eyes peeled it's there will be, be. <laughs> It's going to be dropping. People would have forgotten by now, but they'll be like, what the fuck is this photo? I'll just pretend that I like met them at a bar. <laughs> Not paid 175 like quid. Yeah. Oh my God, I accidentally bumped into them at Comic-Con. Guess how much. They loved me that much, so they were like, they get in a photo, come in. Guess how much it was though. There's like a, another ticket where it was like a meet and greet, is in where you actually could like have a conversation, like it was more of a meet and greet yeah. situation. £500. Honestly, and, and that was sold out for that. Liverpool, I think. Stop it. Yeah. Stop anyway, it. we need to get famous to get like this, I know. this money. How I bet you pay, guys. It's yeah, one pound selfie. Would we have to pay you? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're at the age where we don't care. I feel like having hobbies or liking stuff is. I don't care if I'm. We were saying this the other day. I don't care if I'm cool or if it's no, cringy I or. Like, I think I should care more, but I just don't. No, <laughs> I go through waves. At the moment, I don't care, and then I reflect back on it, going, "I really should have cared more." <laughs> Sometimes I think they're like my students the other day when I was teaching them on Friday. Oh, I don't. I'm I'm that probably I'm that teacher so that uncool. yeah that they're like who the why who is this what? old lady yeah because literally like we were talking about their exam and I was like oh my god guys did you see that your exam's on May the fourth and I was like isn't that great like the force will be with you or something. And they like I got like one chuckle, and the rest of them were just like, "What are you talking about?" That's what I get. That I get blank. Exactly I get blank then. faces when I like I like think I'm hilarious. I'm a comedian up on stage <laughs> when I'm teaching yeah. my students, <laughs> and they're just like blank faces looking at me like. <laughs> you gotta get through it. Somewhere. And I'm thinking they 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 must think I'm the coolest teacher in town. <laughs> no, I don't. Be, I reckon it'll be split. Half of them will think you're really cool, and half of them will just be like, "Oh my god, this is that weird." Yeah, she's weird. But now let's hear your genius. Come on. My genius. We can share this genius because 
Um, we went to an award ceremony. <laughs> that sounds so fancy. You might have seen Emily's cute little TikTok. No, not TikTok. Instagram. Instagram. Reel. Sadly, we don't have TikTok. Go on Instagram and you can find us at stupidgenius underscore pod. Yeah. And, and you, you can see the award ceremony. The award at. ceremony. And we also didn't realise we looked like um, uh, cartoon characters. <laughs> Pretty cool cartoon characters. Pretty cool. We looked like from Monsters, Inc. We looked like... Sully and Mike, Mike Wazowski. Mike Wazowski. <laughs> um, yeah, so we went to an award ceremony and this is for our um, society that we co-founded, which is RIDE, which is Respect, Inclusivity, Diversity and Equity. And um, it was just a really nice event to get, you know, the recognition we deserve. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. A huge, big pat on the back. Yeah, yeah. Which is why we do it, right? For the of awards. Any yeah. reason. Yeah. Um, no, we we were there just to sort of have some fun because we kind of, because we get wrapped up in so many of the things we do. We do events. We do, which is called On the Same Page, which we bring awareness to maybe subjects that might not have the platform to speak. So the first event was International... Um, Wait, dwarfism. Wait, what? It was International oh, Dwarfism Awareness Day. Yeah, my brain. That just is went, quite a mouthful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I was trying to like my my the words were all muddled in my brain. And then the next one we did men's mental health. And then we also do forums where we catch the students students' voices. So we're constantly grinding. And to have this event where we could just be like, guys, this is amazing what we've done. This yeah. is really fun. And, and then to like to, meet up as friends and do something sociable rather than like meet up as co- co- to plan yeah. to like what's next. What's and next? And it was actually AC and like all the other societies work. Like there's an amazing new society called the Survivor Society, and they're doing loads of cool amazing stuff. Amazing stuff with like a walking society. The walking society was so cute. They yeah. were they they basically do like walks around the city for new students. Like mental health walks. Yeah, essentially, isn't it? Like, yeah, which is so lovely. Anyway, um, so yeah, we were going for that, and the cherry on the top was that we won an award best event for best event how mad is that so um that's really cool and we came runner up in um overall best society which was a biggie because we knew we'd been nominated for two other awards one one that we won and one that we didn't win but the biggie yeah the society of the year award is like the sort of most prestigious award at the end and we came bloody second second. i'm actually i know this sounds Probably shouldn't say this, but I'm glad we came second because the society, Walker Society, that won. I agree. They deserve it. Yeah, yeah. Because even though we do a lot in terms of like trying to enact like change, I don't know, we do, we don't do a huge amount on the actual members level in terms of engaging with undergraduate. Yeah, we're more members. in the behind scenes, yeah. we're more, but they do like week in, week out walks to better help in people's mental yeah, health. They have like 250 members. Yeah. So it was crazy. And they do like, accessible walks because I feel like hiking society is like you need the gear you need it's quite intense whereas they do little walks around the parks around the city so people can get familiar with the city oh it's just adorable and they were lovely weren't they so well done guys and all the other societies like survivor society they were helping people get home from nights out yeah (gasps) people are doing amazing stuff stuff. I could talk all day about maybe we should do an episode on People yeah. doing amazing things. Yeah, maybe we should. In universities. Do you want to hear that, guys? Let us know. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Let us know. Um, What's your stupid uh, genius? Yeah, yeah, I was going to say, you've definitely heard my stupid. You don't want to hear that again. Um, my genius is not even like, it's not a... F- I'm going to go with it as a genius. It's not actually resulted in anything good yet, but the whole process has been really, really positive. So a job came up in my faculty, which... Um, is so perfect for me. It's a lecturer slash senior lecturer in ethical um, business and responsible management, which is like uh, amazing. perfect for me. Um, and I was looking at the person specification and I was like, you know, when you read it and you just think, 
fuck, I actually tick all these boxes. Like, I don't even have to. <laughs> oh my God, sorry, I thought you said, I tick all these boxes. <laughs> I give them a little tickle. I give them a little tickle. Little tickle. <laughs> oh God. I tick all these boxes, which is so great because often with job applications, you have to like... You have to really, really stretch. Or like <laughs> yeah. stretch or like pick like, some one tiny little thing that you did five years ago and stretch it to cover like four different boxes. Yeah. I was like... I had a, an abundance of stuff to Because you've been working your butt off. Actually, I want to say... I will say yes. I, I want to say this. <laughs> yes, she has. And I don't know. I'm going to... Your head's going to grow because I'm going to fluff your ass come on. here. We haven't had any fluffing. No, I, I think Molly is very good at making the PhD look very, very easy. You make it look like you're just like flying through it. Pop kettle, mate. Yeah, literally. And... I think people that, if you're closer to, you know, Molly, you know how much she's working, how hard she's working, how efficient you are, how Aww. dedicated you are. And day in, day out, you are very good with your PhD. So Thanks, you yeah. definitely motivate me to be better, a better PhD student. Well, you say that, but I find you exactly the same. <laughs> but you like... motivate me. I think a lot of, I think a lot of, I don't know, I can tell that a lot of PhD students may think that, you know, you've maybe had an easy ride or... Or maybe you are, I don't know, just just sort of not as, you don't have any sort of struggles, but you do and yeah. you just power through them. Oh, Honestly, well, it's impressive. You. It's very impressive. So I really hope you get this <gasps> oh, job. Oh God, I mean, me too. I submitted the application on Friday. The closing date is this Friday. So guys, I will let you know how it goes and if I get an interview. But even just doing the process was felt like a genius thing because it was yeah. just so nice. Like, you know, thinking that I'm at that stage where I... I can confidently apply for a job. Okay, I might not get an interview, but I've gone through that process and I've and gone you've, it well. And you've got, been able to list literally all your amazing things yeah. that you've done throughout the year. To me, like when I keep adding to my like, see, I'm like, fucking hell, how am I going to like narrow this down? Because I've done, yeah. we, I don't know, me and you probably quite similar. We've done so much in the PhD yeah. time period that we've had. We've just been like a powerhouse. It is hard because like the application process, there's like a 3,000 word limit for the personal statement. And I was really struggling to keep under it and I was like what like four years ago I'd have tried to write a personal statement and been like I just really like learning <laughs> you know? same. same when I was like applying, applying for awards I I like I'm like fuck but I want any and then my supervisor's like you can't put it all in so you you're gonna have yeah. to pay and I'm like but they're all so great good position to be in. yeah that's true um, and I think that leads on quite nicely to our ramble today because um we're going to be talking about application processes and particularly applying for a PhD and how the hell to go about doing it. Yeah, that. we're going to try and remember. Yeah. We're <laughs> veterans right now. We're old timers. So let's get ready to ramble. Let's get ready. Let's get a rambling. Yes. We've and got we've... the coffee. Shh, don't oh. Oh, <laughs> I was going to say we've got the coffees don't tell. I know, and tech. I'm looking at a massive sign that says no food or drink. So we're just going to have to be very Leave careful. no rubbish! <laughs> we're trying to make a good podcast. We're trying to not, not to be rubbish. I'm that just going to definitely joke. slurp like, away from the control desk. That's not that far away, Molly. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, God. Right, it's staying there. It's staying there. Okay. So today we are looking at... Um, how to apply for a PhD because we know um, from experience and we've had a few people ask us basically yeah we've had um, random people message us on the on the Instagram, Instagram. yeah we've had people on the Instagram I did an event last week with a lot of um, a big group of like prospective PhD students I was asked to do it for the uni um, and it was all about yeah how to apply for a PhD not yeah. just how to apply but like what does that pre-PhD 
look like you know what what do you need to do beforehand what you know what might your academic experience be like before you apply yeah, for exactly. a PhD and um, obviously we want to answer all of you but we thought actually should we just do a podcast episode and then we can send it to people exactly <laughs> exactly how uh how big-headed of us no but it's just efficient work it's it? so efficient yeah so we thought we'd start by talking through what our experiences look like so how we applied for our PhDs because we had quite different experiences yeah Um, and then we'll also obviously try and cover as much as we can what we know of other people's experiences just to give you an overview of the different avenues that you can take to get into a PhD definitely definitely fabulous fabulous so fabulous Molly story time how did you get your PhD and what was the journey for you start from um when mummy and daddy <laughs> once upon a time there was a little girl <laughs> <laughs> in a far far away land yes um called yeah, so Kendall. no i don't knew that knew that i did go to school in kendall though so you've been listening well done. thanks um Active not so listening. far away now though you're the uh you're the off-comer really yeah southerner yeah <laughs> yeah up in the big wild northwest yeah um, <laughs> what's up no. Do it again. No. That was my, like, <laughs> Sheffield accent. Copper tea. Put kettle on. Put kettle on. Oh, that's meant to be Yorkshire. Yeah. <laughs> I'm really bad at accents. I'm joking. That wasn't so bad. Um, um, yeah. Queen's English and all that. Yeah. So let's try and do it in that. Is that quite good Queen's English? That's Hello. not too bad. Okay. Um, I can't keep this tea. up, so I'm going to go back to my yeah. voice. Um, which is still a little bit... I do definitely have that lingering cold, don't I? So I do still sound quite masculine, but that's fine as well. Um, So for me, my um, undergraduate degree was in philosophy. I studied at Cardiff University um, and I got a first class degree in philosophy. This was after having a bit of a break. I think we've mentioned it on other podcasts. I took a few years out before I went to uni, so I was a little bit older by this point. Um, And then after the undergrad, I decided to go straight into a master's degree. Um, and I studied ethics and social philosophy and got a distinction, which I was pretty chuffed with. Um, and then at that point... Wait, you got a distinction at undergrad or master's? Master's. Okay, yeah. Sorry, yeah. that confused me. Yeah, yeah. First, yeah. At, first at undergrad. Madness. Um, but I will say that, you know, my understanding is you don't have to get a first or a distinction to do a PhD. No. Some people come in with seconds, two ones. I got a two one. There we go. Some people come in with merits at, at master's. Mm. Some people don't even have merit or distinction. So don't get hung up on, you know, thinking yeah. you have to achieve this. Yeah, I wasn't the best student, if I'm honest, uh, at undergrad. I didn't show up, like not saying you should do this, but I didn't show up to any of my lectures, seminars really, until third year, um, until I went to a conference actually. Or like I got into the right crowd, basically. I got into people that actually wanted to learn and then I... Um, That's pretty impressive that you still managed to get 2-1. And then, well, yeah, I think it was my friend um, that said to me like, so you're getting two ones. Imagine if you actually showed up to class, what you could do. And that one phrase changed my whole... You know when like someone, like says, someone says something to you and you're like, fuck, yeah, you're so right. Like, Imagine if I actually applied myself. And that was, for me, what a huge benefit for, was going to uni a bit later. Because I know if I had gone to uni at like 18 or 19, mm. I'd have definitely just like pissed it up the wall essentially like I was pissing it up the wall yeah <laughs> I would not have got out of it what I did I mean don't get me wrong I had a pretty wild university <laughs> life like we went out like three times if you're worried about Molly she's fine she had a good she had a good uni experience <gasps> I had a great time guys yeah. no but I did I had a really really fun time but I also worked really hard yeah. and I meant you know so that, that was good um after my master's I ended up accidentally 
doing a grad scheme. Genuinely, I applied for it by accident. Um, <laughs> I know. I thought I what? Was, it's ludicrous. I know. To be fair, I've accidentally had um a, like a job interview in at Starbucks once when I was at uni, and I, I think it was like, just get out of it. And I was like, I can't. <laughs> So I had to but go that, for a trial shift. And, I and that's to... actually what happened for me. Like, I got in too far, like, because um, I don't know if people have heard of it, but, like, the Aldi is in, not Aldi, like, Aldi, the supermarket, their grad scheme is supposedly one of the best grad schemes in the UK. I I've, I think I was so close to applying to it as well. Yeah, because it's, like... It's, lot, like, and it's a lot of money. It is. You start off on 44 grand <laughs> with a brand new Aldi. It has, like, a lot of perks. But I honestly thought I was applying for a shop assistant role at Aldi because I just needed some extra money while I was doing my master's. This was like in the middle of my master's degree. Anyway, before I knew it, I was in the process of this, this grad scheme. And there was a five-stage interview process. Stop. So I just kept doing these different stages. You're like, well, this well, I is... I'll go for it. Oh, I thought you were still thinking it's a shop. You're like, whoa. No, no. They're really rigorous. <laughs> but I like they the really thing. love their shop floors. Do you know what I only found out? Because I was sat in my flat and I got an email through with them with this like personality quiz and I was like eh? and then I read and it was like you have been um successful at your first round of application to the Aldi graduate scheme and I was like oh, oh wow and I hadn't even heard of it yeah and then my friends were like well you have to keep going with this because it's like so money, hard to get money, onto. Money. yeah yeah so I got onto that did that hated that <laughs> because it's not me at all I'm not a corporate person uh, I mean I did well but I didn't enjoy it yeah. anyway that's when I decided to leave I did just like a filler job I was working in recruitment for a few years which was so fun but also I had no my brain was just not fulfilled yeah so that's when I started thinking about PhD and mm. I think doing a PhD was something that had always been like a little you know like a little nugget in the back of my brain yeah just being like tasty chat chat yeah. tasty yeah. snack is what I was trying to say <laughs> a little tasty snack tasty snack you know I like, heard that but I quite like it you always just go back to it you try and resist it yeah, and it's just like it's a, just little, so tempting. A, little tic- a little itch at the a back. A little itch at the back. Yeah. And so that's when I started seriously considering it because I was a bit fed up. So the application process for me um, was a bit varied. First of all, I was still living in South Wales at this point and we, mm-hmm. weren't, we didn't think we were ready to move up north. So I applied for a um, PhD, which was fully funded, internally funded, because that's something we'll come on to, guys. Yeah. There's differences in where you get your funding from. And... Um, no means are we experts. We don't Absolutely really know. Not. This is just from our <laughs> experience. Yeah. Um, but Swansea University had this PhD in like philosophy of sport or something. And um, that's what they were looking for. Someone mm-hmm. to do a PhD in philosophy of sport. Wasn't my area, but philosophy I... Philosophy of sport. Interesting. Yeah, really we would have been quite I closely know. linked if so you did I that. wrote this proposal that was, you know, it fit the bill, I suppose. I managed to get an interview, did not get the PhD. Right. Which completely made sense because I didn't really know anything about philosophy of sport. But at the same time, yeah. I do. I could have done it. I could have yeah. learned on the job, yeah. which is what I've done this time. Well, that's the whole point of PhD. Yeah, is, exactly. I think that's a big key, actually, in when you're applying or when you're, I don't know, going for these interviews or whatever. Just think the whole point in the PhD is to learn. If you knew all the answers, there'd be no point in doing the PhD. 100%. And mostly they want someone that is willing to sort of adapt and learn and have those transferable skills and all that sort of stuff, which we can have like a whole other podcast episode about transferable skills or stuff like that. But yeah, knowing that, going in knowing that you shouldn't know all the answers was really key for me to be like, look, I'm not the smartest in the Mm -hmm. bunch. Like you could pick a smarter person out there. You could pick an academically better person, but I'm very motivated to know these answers and I'm 
very passionate. Yes. And I think passion is passion is passion is a big one. Yeah, it's a good one. I don't think it helped that at the time I hadn't been able to get the day off work. So I had run out of the office and I was sat in my car in a multi-story car park doing the video on my phone. Doing the video interview on my phone. Oh, wow. <laughs> no. Propped up on the steering no. wheel. I would, if I was doing that interview, no offence, probably, if I was doing that interview, I'd be like, what? I literally had no choice. Yeah, anyway, anyway, true. I actually got really lovely feedback, but, and do you know what? They all say, they, they always say, don't they, things happen for a reason. And I'm so glad I didn't get mm. that PhD because the thought of still living all the way down there, it just would not be right for us. So that was my first failure because that's the thing I want to stress as well for people. You will, you might fail and that's fine. You know, it's no, you will fail. <laughs> what is it like in terms of the application process? Some people might get the first PhD they apply for. If anyone's out there that's done that, can let you us let know. us know? Failure <laughs> is good. It just means you're getting closer to where you should be. Yes. Um, so and then, you you learn more about yourself. You learn more about what you want or you don't want totally. or this and that. Yeah, yeah. And for us, that's when we then made the decision to move up, back up to the northwest. Okay. And then I, um, after doing lots of googling, mm-hmm. I found this amazing academic who was at Sheffield. Hey, that's where I went to university. You'll hear about that later. That's why I'm saying it in a very excited way. And she, you're pointing to me like <laughs> Matt Berry, like, who the fuck is this guy? Yeah. <laughs> um, so that was at Sheffield Uni. And I wrote a proposal that was similar to the one I'd done for Swansea Uni. Um, so it's all to do with, and I'm, do you know what? Don't want to get into this, but I'm really glad that I did not end up doing that PhD because it was all about transgender athletes in sport. Wow. And now I realise that that would have been an extremely... Heavy. Heavy, but also Hard. just very provoking, controversial topic. And so I'm glad you would have had to, to go down that route. Yeah, it would have been it would have been such a rewarding topic. Potentially. Potentially, but it you probably would have had to I don't know, and have this a was few years ago. This was before it was like as much in the media. <sighs> yeah, that would have been tough. It would yeah. have been exhausting for you having to like batter off oh all the dickheads. Like gender politics, yeah, would have been hard to navigate yeah. from that point of view. We've recently just had a very uh, experience with some people who are transphobic. So, yeah. um, then that drained me just for like a, just an hour. Just imagine a three-year PhD, and that, someone needs to do that research. And I really hope they are doing. But I really hope they are. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, but I got the PhD because this is another thing, guys. Right, I got the PhD. So big, yeah, tick. Got it. Woohoo. Stop it. You got a PhD. However, oh. I then it wasn't funded, right? And actually the majority of PhDs, I found this out last week, the majority of PhDs are not funded. They're yes. All, they're self-funded. Yeah. I was not willing to self-fund, or at least I was not willing to accept at that point to self-fund. Yeah. Everyone wants every possibility. a funded PhD, but they're very far and few and they're really hard to get. Yeah. They're like the golden ticket, as So you at that wish. point, I was like, right, I need to get some other funding. So I applied to, like, um, a research council yeah. for some funding, and I didn't get it. Okay. So at that point, I'm feeling a bit disappointed. But then, third time's a charm. Uh-huh. Um, I was introduced to another academic at Liverpool John Moore's University. Hey, LJ, <laughs> Yeah, and then... Um, I had a chat with her, obviously told her my academic history and she was willing to work with me. And then from there, I wrote a research proposal, which Mm -hmm. um, we can talk a bit more about once you've, you know, told us your experiences. But I then applied for a, what's called here, a vice chancellor's scholarship, which is a fully funded scholarship. I just want to stop you there. A research proposal is just basically saying what you're going to do within your research and why it's needed. So why is it important? What yeah. you're going to do during your PhD? Bit of background. Just so then like the funders or whoever wants to like 
fund you in the PhD knows it's worthwhile, basically. Yes. That's pretty much it. Thank you, Em. Yeah, I should have said that. Yeah, so it's it's a, it's a, it's an outline and it's it's very important when you do your application. Yeah, <laughs> and it's very different writing. It's almost like persuasive writing, I would say. Yeah, you need you, to convince them that you're worth investing yeah, in. Yeah, and like your worth and also the project's worth investing in and why it's needed right now. Like, yeah. it's almost like a, a sort of I headline remember, grabber. Like, the three key words that um, I had to tick off I guess when writing it was they wanted rigor which mm-hmm. is basically like you demonstrate thoroughness of the research yeah. the proposed research um to be novel so yeah therefore there needs to be something new or original in there even if it's a tiny little grain of originality yes. it needs to be original. Yeah. and then the third one was topical so it needs to be current and it needs to like I yeah. said about now it needs to be important now now why why do they need to because otherwise like they're putting a lot of money into you I think yes. we're like huge money. I think we cost them like 50 grand a year actually insane it's insane it? so why are they gonna like yeah and I think, they need to know that you're passionate enough and like you're driven to complete because it costs you neither a lot of money on people that do phds and then don't complete yeah that does not look good on their statistics does either. not look good and it's very rare i would say is it rare no, it's very common is it very common that yeah. people don't actually the, the completion rate for lgmu is not great mm, yeah, interesting yeah. yeah not great so it's not that people get to Viva and fail. If you get to Viva, you're probably going to pass and be fine. Okay. But people don't get there. People just drop off. It's that leaky pipeline, but in a very different way. In a very different way. Um, okay. But yeah, so I wrote my research proposal for, for this uni, and it was really exciting because it was a new topic, but it was applying all my philosophical background to Mad. it. That's so cool. Much more of What's a your topic? topic? So I'm looking at the intersection between sustainability, disaster recovery and ethics in like organisational settings. Amazing as well. She sat here today with a charity shop blazer as well. Leather blazer. <laughs> so she's living she's living her truth. Oh, wow. I was thinking, how is that relevant? And I was like, ah, yeah, sustainability. Uh, sustainability. Well, and a pre-love yeah. top. top. And some vintage trainers. Madness. Oh, my God. Crazy. Absolute Co- Amazing. Um, what about your brown pants? Tell me um, more. <laughs> tell me more. Do you know what? These socks are Lloyd's. That's a tick. That's a tick? Bra, no. No, well, how do you... Second-hand bras. Second-hand pants. Oh, I couldn't have second-hand pants. Unless they're like my sisters or something. Yeah, and leggings are really hard to find second-hand. Yeah. Yeah. I actually got these leggings from Lidl years ago. They're They're really nice. Anyway, we digress. just to finish up. (laughs) So I put together the research proposal, which took a few months, actually. I think that's something we can have a chat about. It's not a very quick process. No. um, Because obviously... You know, it goes from your CV, your research proposal, and then you also have to write a very engaging cover letter as well. I applied that, <laughs> applied for that, and then... Which um, is torture. It was just torture. And then I got the VC scholarship, and here I am today. That's Over to crazy. you, Oh, my God. Such a different experience, actually. It's kind of, I guess, probably not. People were listening going, no, pretty pretty similar. Um, so I did my, my background in sport and exercise science. I did an undergrad at Sheffield Hallam University. I'm originally from Surrey, so it was a big jump for me. And as I said, wasn't the best student. Wasn't really that, I don't know, I wasn't really that good. I was, I don't know, just wasn't a good student until third year. You say that, though. But no, I really, I mean, I probably wasn't a bad student. There's like a difference. Really engaged. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I just didn't show up really, and then, um, I, and then I found my groove. And third year, I really started to enjoy it, and then, you know, apply myself. And then I got ended up with a two one. After that, I didn't really know what I wanted to do, um, but I knew I was still enjoying my process. The first two years, I was like, I hate uni. Why am I here? I'm just here for like 
you know, socialising. Socialising isn't even that good. I don't even want to drink anymore as much as I... You know, like, I was, like, sort of like, ugh. And then third year, I was like, yes, I love learning. Learning so much fun. I didn't realise how much of a nerd I was. And then I did um, a master's, and I called it a panic master's because... <laughs> I didn't know. I didn't want to go into real life. I didn't want to w- go for a job. Oh, that's why so many people, including myself, do math. Yeah, sure. yeah. And I picked um, sport and exercise science again, which I regret. If again at Sheffield, was it? Again at Sheffield, because I love Sheffield. Sheffield had uh, access to the outdoors, which is what I love. Um, I found some really good group of friends. We would go like hiking every week, climbing every week, outdoors. It was like perfect for me, to be honest. Um, and then every now and then we'd have like a really fun little games night or stuff. It was just like really wholesome. Um, so that's why I wanted to stay there. And I, yeah, bit of advice. No, don't, unless you think there's going to be something really useful gained out of it, don't do what you did at undergrad at Masters. I literally did sport and exercise science at undergrad, sport and exercise science at Masters and did, didn't did learn. I mean, not nothing towards the lecturers or anyone's fault. I didn't learn really anything new because people were getting caught up through... People came from different courses, so they were getting caught up and I had already... I was actually quite proactive in my third year, so I had learned a lot. That's and so I, interesting. I think it's it, that is good advice, but also not necessarily blanket advice because that may well be an issue like an institutional issue that their masters is not designed well enough yeah but at the same time I guess maybe like mine how mine was within the same discipline i.e philosophy but it was uh it drilled into specific philosophy i.e ethics and social right so maybe you could have picked a more specific that's what i within yeah that's what i wish i did either like sports biomechanics or sports engineering like a little bit more but i also again you're still very young and i didn't really know what i wanted to do and it hasn't impacted you and i didn't think i was no and i didn't think i was smart enough to do those things which is bull Anyway, um, that kind of gave me... I had so much free time in my master's, so I did a part-time job because obviously you need it because I was so poor. But then also I um, then started asking like, oh, do you know... I I was very proactive. I was like, oh, I would like to get experience in this. I'd like to get experience in that because I was enjoying it. So I then had my like hands in different pots, I guess. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, yeah, that's it. Multiple pies, (laughs) greedy me. Um, And... And I started to get experience in what I actually started to enjoy. And I realized I started to enjoy more of the... So there's sport or there's clinical. And I enjoyed the clinical more. I felt like it had more of an impact. Felt more good to do. Like, it felt more rewarding. Um, and so I pursued that. And I I helped... I guess I supported a PhD student in her research. So I would go and... And I heard a lot from her. And I've got a lot of experience through her. And I was like, yeah, 100%, I want to do a PhD. Like, all throughout my master's, even... The first day I was like, I want to do a PhD. Didn't know what it was though. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Fucking no clue what you it was. You get to be called doctor at the end. Yeah, of the yeah, that's the whole point. So then I started asking my lecturers, everyone around me that I knew had some sort of inkling of what a PhD involves and how to do it because I didn't even know where to find the PhDs. I didn't even know, like there was, there was I didn't know where to start. Can I um, just say for people listening, a really good place to start, which is where I started, is PhD.com. And yes. We'll we'll link we'll link the links. Yeah, and we'll link the links. And we'll link the links. You go on and you just type in like the area that you like the very broad area. So you put like philosophy or sports science, whatever it might be. Yeah. And it just comes up with all the PhDs yeah. that are available. Yeah. So definitely that is a good place to Worth start. it. So yeah, so I got advice to get a Twitter account, follow sport and exercise science jobs on Twitter. Like there's there's usually um 
jobs within Twitter, like accounts that they they just publish that. Um, and I just kept my eye on that every single day, kept my eye on the PhD.com every day. I was just looking here and there and then would apply to basically everything. And I was building my like Twitter network there as mm-hmm. well. Um, and just, I was like beelining it and I was, I guess, quote unquote manifestation, but like, because I was saying I'm going to do a PhD next. It, there was no question about no, it. You I was, it and and I found out that like you don't want to do an unfunded. You want to do a funded PhD, and you know, and these are the areas I would want to do it in. So Hats I just off to people that do do it funded because, as I say, the majority of PhD students do, and then um, it's yeah. a whole other challenge itself. Oh my Maybe God. we'll do an episode. We will do an episode. Yeah, we can get yeah, some, we can get some exactly. Yeah. Um. So I probably applied to about twenty PhDs. Just here and there, every like I did some sort of ones that you did. I did some proposal. I did some. I wanted to stay in Sheffield, but then realised that there were really like few and not really in my area that I wanted to do it in. So then I just went right. Well, I'm dispersing it to to everywhere. Mm-hmm. And then COVID happened. I was like, no, bring it back, bring it back. <laughs> just to England, just to England, because yeah, yeah. I was a little bit scared. Um, so yeah, and then I applied for this Liverpool one, got rejected. And was like, all right, that's that, I guess. And at John Moore's, at John Moore's, at the the PhD that oh. I'm actually in right now. Oh, okay. I got rejected in the yeah, so I sent off. It was literally just a cover letter and CV, so it was pretty easy. And I had already written about ten thousand of them, so I didn't really put much effort into it. So did you not have to write a research proposal? No, because this one is there was a predetermined re- research uh, proposal, which is more common, I think, in like the sort of STEM subjects, no, isn't it? No, it's actually quite uncommon in our department as well. So I'm a very like. Oh. Oh, okay. Weird one in actually. Most right. people do it your way. Right, um, you have to design the project. And- yes, for me it's very different. So yeah, I got rejected from that. Then someone from um, New York, like, I don't know, actually, no, Massachusetts, actually, not New York. I'm really bad I with... no idea, I'm sorry. No idea. Anyway, I was in conversation with this lady basically doing it your way and we were going to apply through it that way and I was going to then do a, univer- a, a PhD in America in like near New York or Oh my God, geography's really bad. would have been amazing, but also I'm so glad that you didn't. Same, same actually, just because it was COVID and scary. And then I got a mess, an email back saying, we're inviting you to the interview. Um, we, we, There's a spot being lifted basically this for you. This is the American one now, back This, here. we're back to the Liverpool one. Sorry, I'm a very like scatty t- storyteller. No, it's good. Anyway, you yeah. My toes. Yeah, exactly. So, so then I was like, all right, put her on the back burner um we'll see what this one is got an interview then accidentally got added to this like email thread and i could see that two other people had been like they they tried to but they dropped out for some unknown reason so there was two people before me i was the third one and i was like ah fuck it i guess like i'm not first choice but fine not second choice fine who cares so um yeah have a call with my supervisor and then you know, go for the interview and I had to prepare a... Um, so he's provided me with the research proposal. I read through it. I read through a lot of papers. Then I had to prepare a five-minute presentation on basically what you said, the impact. My funders are really um, hot on health inequalities. So mm-hmm. I had to uh, exaggerate why it's going to help health inequalities. And, you Not know, exaggerate, people emphasize. Emphasize, thank you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> thank you. I yes yeah 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 get out of my head i had to really lie <laughs> about how impactful it's gonna be i mean in, uh, let's be honest we do all yeah, yeah. this you have to yeah but. you do um and it was like a five minute of explaining what the project is how impactful it's going to be yada 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 yada, yada, yada. <laughs> and then i had the interview with like 
six panelists um, and everyone had a question to ask and I thought I bombed it. Like, we'll talk about interviews, I guess, yes. in another episode. Maybe if I get one. Yeah. Class, we could maybe have a chat about it. Then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then, um, and then, they, then it was just up to them and then I obviously got the phone call and uh, the they were like, hi, ever. Hannah. And I was like, oh. wrong number. Bye. And I was quite rude. And then they called me up again. And I was like on the loo. And I was like, what? Like, oh, no. She was like, oh, oh, sorry. Is it Emily? Like, just to let you know, you've you've, you've got the PhD. <laughs> and I was like, literally flushed. Like, Shh, oh, thanks. <laughs> so for you then, you didn't have to apply for funding because um, the funding was part of the PhD. Yes. Yeah, so I'm externally funded. So you're funded through the university, whereas I'm funded by an external I guess uh, fundals, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, they're the Arc Northwest Coast, and they are doing like incredible. I couldn't have asked for a better funders because I know other people being funded by like companies, yeah. and they're a little bit more sketchy because, well, say I'm, I don't know, you fund me to say how good this well, cup is, interest, how good this cup is to sip, and then you find out that people hate sipping out of it. They're like, ooh, but that yeah, doesn't yeah, suit yeah. us. Can you bend the research a little bit, and then you, That's then it's, yeah. Honestly, that happens so much more to like balance your morals and mm. I don't know, please your funders. So luckily my funders aren't like that. They really are just like yeah, good yeah. people. And my funders certainly aren't like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Me, they won't be able to. So I guess that was like a weird application. But again, I no, apply I for think... 20. I think I kept on getting rejection emails and sometimes not even that. Sometimes they just wouldn't even bother yeah. rejecting you. <laughs> and then as soon as I got an exception email, that was the first, that was the first ever email I got saying like yeah good you got an interview I was then shitting myself I was like I actually preferred the rejection because <laughs> I, I don't have to deal with it um and yeah and then and then I was like right I do feel like I don't know maybe me and you like once once they see me or once they like once I talk to people I'm quite good in interviews yeah um I was like I feel like I could I can get this I got this like I was like this is it I this is it. it and I wasn't I wasn't keen about moving to Liverpool, if I'm honest. I was like, oh, what, Liverpool? Do you know Because Liverpool has a bad rep, like... I think, yeah, subconsciously, probably it was in there. And I was yeah. like, what is there in... What's there to do there? It's a, such a good city, isn't it? Like, when you I love actually, it. Yeah. Love it. So, I love Liverpool. So good. that is one thing as well, listeners, you know, if you are thinking about applying for a PhD, I think you do have to be quite open to, to move. Yeah, and that's why, you know, look, I applied for, what, Swansea, Sheffield and Liverpool. Like, they're all very different... Places very different cities. Well, yeah, I was applying for well, yeah, like Manchester, yeah. America, you know Australia, Sheffield. Further afield, but because me and Lloyd were like living together, he couldn't just be applying for jobs everywhere. Like he applied for a job in the northwest, got one in the northwest. So I was like, right, now then I That's knew it. I needed to focus yeah. on the northwest sort of thing. And um, other ways that I think you know you can because I think you might be thinking, okay, well, how do I? if I don't want to apply for a PhD on phd.com or I don't find one that's already there sort of thing, you can just approach a supervisor. So like one of my friends in my faculty who is a Chinese student, obviously it's a completely different... Um, oh my God, international. Yeah, like yeah. she didn't really speak a huge amount of English. Yeah. She was doing it from China. Wow. But she knew she really wanted to study in the UK and she'd heard of Liverpool because she'd done her master's in Swansea. So she basically went on LJMU's website and searched for, she wanted to be in the business school, so searched yeah. for the business school, and she clicked on the first academic, because his surname began with A. <laughs> Literally, this is a true story. She clicked on him and emailed him and said, I really want to do a PhD, yeah. this is my experience, this is what I'm looking at sort of doing, would you consider 
Super yeah. to me, and he was like, "Yeah, yeah, sure." And she's doing a PhD. That's you know? mad. That's mad. And also, I think another way that um, a lot of supervisors will um, show that they're looking for PhD students is LinkedIn. Mm-hmm. So you know, you'll see they'll they'll just put a maybe a post. Oh yeah, that's so for me. It's Twitter. Yours is LinkedIn. New, yeah, uh, new students. Let me know if you've got any ideas because that's the thing. It might be a predefined project like M's. Or it might be that you've just got this idea that you think, oh my God, that would be so cool to research and you just need someone to to agree you with up, you yeah. and, and to want to help you. So just finding that supervisor. Yeah, um, definitely. And figure out like within your field, where do people go to for that? So for me, LinkedIn's a bit dead. Yeah, I don't even have a LinkedIn, but Twitter, there's always, like as soon as you follow people, they're always sharing like PhD opportunities, opportunities that way. Yeah, I think um, you've heard her on the podcast, Bex. She did a master's in um, Liverpool John Moore University and she was studying children with cerebral palsy. And she kind of chatted with her supervisor at the time. was like, should we keep this going, basically? Well, actually, I think he approached her like, we should keep this going. You're really good at this. And she was like, yeah. The <laughs> and then they got the VC through that way. Yeah, then... you can make use of um, the academics around you. Yeah. But this is the thing. Say if you're studying at one university and you're thinking of doing a PhD in, in a different university, the chances are that there'll be an academic in your institution that has connections mm, with that other uni. You know, yeah. like even we've only been academics, well, if you could call us that, for a couple of years. I know loads of people from different unis yeah. now from attending conferences. Yeah. So the staff in your uni will probably know. Oh my God, it was hilarious when I was going for my interview and I was talking to my like old supervisor. He was like, oh my God, I know him. Yeah, like, oh my God. It's a small world. And they're given my references. So like, it's always really good to like, obviously, but it's fine if you don't know anyone. So, of course it is. Well, look at my friend from China. Yeah, she, she didn't know yeah. anybody at all. There's at all. Um, our friend. Um, she was, I don't know. I think she she went to a talk once, and then she was asking questions, and then she stayed behind and wanted to ask um, a few more questions, and then they were like having a really really good chat. But he was like, "Oh, I need to catch a train," and she was like, "Oh, me too. I'm going this way anyway." Not actually. Oh well, no way. <laughs> and then they like chatted and chatted and he was like right well you're gonna do a phd of me and we're gonna do it in this and we're gonna do it in that and she was like yeah maybe a bit of a stalker but it got me a phd oh my god it works that's it works yeah, yeah that's so funny so you can you can do it in so many different avenues yeah. i know i tried it that way with my supervisor we like put together a research proposal but it got rejected um there's like it, you just have to be relentless in it definitely and i think as well like the whole process of writing those research proposals is so so useful because and especially like for me with the, the one that I finally got the VC scholarship the proposal has to be so good I don't want to fluff my own ass up but it does, oh, it, does. it has to be excellent to get funded yeah so because I have to put so much work into writing this proposal that when I started the PhD I'd already done a lot of that background stuff yeah you know so it so when That's you're true. writing your research proposal and you're doing your application don't be thinking oh god this is so much work it's like a waste of time well no because it will help you get ahead yeah. in your PhD and also advice on that get someone who doesn't know your research sub- subject to read it because yes. people like people won't be experts when they're reading the research proposal some will some won't no it's true I got my mum and sisters to yeah. read it so. and you want it to be like oh this is oh I, this really needs to, like if someone gets it then they get it and that's that's good but also you need to have those extra little details yes um, same with cover letters cover letters you need to make sure it's sharp and snappy and people yeah. like feel like they get a sense of you in it which is so hard so for me I'm very like energetic and passionate and I try and put that into like that's what I'm like in uh 
in my cover letter, although you can't really gauge. Who, no, yeah. no, you're right. Because yeah. the first cover letter I wrote, I like said it to my mum. She was like, "Sounds great, like you sound amazing on it, but it's like quite dull in the sense of." So I basically just went through it all and crossed out every like. Um, I'm very looking forward to like to being like I'm absolutely same, over the same moon at the eager thought. relish. Yeah. I would relish the opportunity. Yeah, <laughs> unbelievably passionate. Like you know, just like really go for go it. Go for it. Like it's, it is horribly cringy yeah. and it's it is a nightmare to write, but that is what's gonna get you it is. noticed. And I think the key thing in the cover letter as well, and this is what I've learned now from doing other proposals and stuff, yes, you know, you need to say why you want to do it but really you need to show the university what do they have to gain from having you as a student you know you really need to show that you are worth the money essentially that they're yeah. getting they're getting bang for the book yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and flatter the uni i remember the first <gasps> yeah. paragraph of my cover letter was yeah. like the uni is so amazing and the academics there are also amazing and no you know, that's it yeah and my cover letter we could we could probably do a whole episode on like structuring your cover letter yeah not that we're experts, but we're here, I guess. So it we're worked, good enough. We yeah, I did a whole. Um, I basically g- googled the university's values and basically wrote it in my own words at the bottom. Like, I'd love to come work for university because of your X, Y, Z, yeah. Z, 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 Z values. Um, I feel like I'd really, I don't know, fit. Blah blah blah. And you, it's practices you'll continue to use because this job application I've just done last week. What was my final paragraph of my? Uh, was it proposal. flopping their asses? It was their values. Yeah, there you go. You know, why, you why I'm committed to those. And, and so, yeah, but I guess the, the sort of final tip I would say that Emily's getting at as well is do your research about the uni, not just about the topic, but about the uni. They mm-hmm. want to know that you, you're not just going there because it's a PhD, you're going there because you want to go to that uni to study with those academics, yeah. you know. Yeah, so every cover letter, well. I had like a basic standard cover letter, let's say, um, and then I would... I guess just interchange it with the university and the subject and I mean and then I made it really easy so then I would like it would take me what half an hour to edit it rather than like a whole day yeah rewriting a whole thing so I had a set cover letter and then I could go this is the project this is why I want to work this is I don't know you 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 yeah. structure it in a way that's like really really useful and yeah again research your universities because mm-hmm. yeah and, and they, just they don't w- give up. Yeah, that's, don't give up. You know, that's so important. Don't give up because if you're passionate about your subject or just even passionate about further study, maybe you don't even know your subject, but maybe you just know you want to keep yeah. learning. Oh, and I also want to say like, I, although I enjoyed what I did, I wasn't like, whoa, I'm so passionate about old people. Like, I love it and I am passionate, but that's come within time. It, it, I didn't start off like before my PhD, like I'm, this is my passion I basically did it because I wanted to prove people wrong that I wasn't this ditzy person, which is a wrong... It's (laughs) it's not a wrong reason. It's a reason. It's got you here. And I've said it before. I'm not majorly passionate about my particular research area now, but at the time it was topical, rigorous, original. It was things I needed to do. But once we have our PhDs, that's when you get your freedom to research whatever the hell you want, (laughs) essentially. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, you, you you need to have that element of, like, yes, I could be passionate about it, or yes, I'm find it interesting, but don't worry if you think, oh, it doesn't feel like that's like a passionate. I don't know. For me, I never thought the role of socioeconomic status on stairfall risk in older adults no. during COVID would be like such a fun subject for me. But 
I was like, oh, that kind of fits in. That's kind of fits into where I want to be. Yeah, it's um, open-minded So don't it. worry too much if you're like, oh, I'm not super passionate about it. Yeah, you, you don't can... go home and dream about it. And <laughs> that is fine. About it. That's fine. You will. <laughs> and it will live rent free <laughs> and it will happen. Um, but just make sure you know sort of, you, yeah, you want to actually do it as well because it is tough. Yes. That's, yeah, we're if getting all excited. Been, um, a useful <laughs> episode, guys, then we would love it if you would pop over to Spotify or wherever you yeah. listen to your podcast. Give us a little rating. ding a ling a ling a ling What's that? That's the bell button. <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea what's going on. Click the follow and bell button. And, oh. then, you can, and then you can literally, you know when we're coming out. And yeah, it'll, be like, it'll be like, hi, stupid genius, listen to us. It's out. Do that. Do the ring-a-ding bell. Ring-a-ding-ding. Guys, you are going to be so excited. We've got such an exciting guest today. It's the guy, the man, the myth, the legend. <laughs> he created our little jingle. He's also made me a pen knife. He's a very talented guy. He, um, yeah, he's going to be on the podcast to give us a quote. Because stringer with all the Vin, strings. Me and Vin are on a rocky patch, you know. He just <laughs> got, he keeps play doing his job. He can't believe there is love for you on the podcast. We've had enough. <laughs> And he just keeps working. And uh, how you dare know, he? How dare he? How very dare he? So we're gonna give Miles Stringer. Here he is. Let's give him a call. Let's give him a call. Hello. Hello. Hello, Miles. How you guys doing? <laughs> how are you? Good. We're good. Welcome Thank to Super Genius. Thank you. Long time listener, first time caller. Hey. <laughs> I love your radio voice. <laughs> I think this is basically your podcast anyway. Seems we start with your music every day. Exactly, exactly. Love that. How's work? Yeah. How's the Monday blues? It's getting there. Yeah? Had a long weekend trying to get back into the spirit thing. Oh, you went right. surfing, didn't you? How's that? Ooh. Yeah, it was really, really good, actually. Nice surfing away. Little break. in the UK? What's that again? Was it in the UK you went surfing? Yeah, just down to Salford Sound. Where's that? Uh, in down in Devon. Oh, mm. very nice. Miles is from Bristol, so not is too he? far. Well, not too no, 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 not, not, not from Bristol. He oh. lives in Bristol, sorry. Okay, that makes more sense. <laughs> yeah, so today... I do love a Bristol accent, though, actually, so if you could put one on for the rest of the episode, that would be fantastic. Go on then, Miles. Yeah, that's not happening. <laughs> <laughs> you can fuck off. <laughs> Miles actually is one of those weird people that likes his job, so he's what, probably What do you enjoying... do, Miles? Uh, I'm an engineer. Oh, yeah. I'm currently, just... currently working on offshore wind. Oh, wow. That's so cool. Pretty cool. Pretty smart. Like, very talented. Annoyingly talented. Okay, I'm going to stop. And I feel like that's the sort of stop job it. you can actually, like, feel good about as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, good for you, Miles. Yeah, fuck you. <laughs> Let's hear your quote. Right, and so we've been... I will ask you, uh, Miles, what has Emily asked for you today? Because whenever Vin comes on this podcast, he's always like, oh, Emily didn't tell me what I was meant to do. So let's hear it. <laughs> Is it true? Has she given you a good uh, a good little brief? How long ago uh, did I brief you? <laughs> <laughs> uh, three minutes ago, I got a brief. Or, <laughs> um, the brief is you're talking about the PhD application process. Yeah. yeah. See? See, Vin's just lying. He's a liar. He gaslights me. I'm going to be so impressed if in, in the three minutes that Emily just fucking threw this on your doorstep that you managed to come up with something. So I'm excited. <laughs> Go on. Um, I've got a couple for you if you want. Yeah. Oh, oh my yeah, God, yeah. That saves us a job. So yeah. yes, please. Yes, please. So the first one is actually something I heard at work a few months back. And then I don't know if I just heard it there before and suddenly became aware of it or it's just a new phrase, but uh, eat the frog. Whenever you have any bit of work to do that's harder, 
than anything else, get out of the way first because you're never going to want to eat the frog last. <laughs> Oh, you never so want to finish good. on the frog. Yeah. Unless you're French. Finish on the frog. And, that's actually and they love French. They like frog, tip, frogs' legs, don't they? Sorry. <laughs> that, was, that was such a bad joke. <laughs> no, it's true, though. People do eat frogs. Yeah, but you always, that's a starter. Right. It's never a you start with your frog, with yeah. Frog. End yes. with the chocolate. Yeah. And I suppose that could definitely apply to the application process because it's like, don't just um, avoid it. What tedious link can I make here? Um, no, but it is true because like you can put things off, can't you? Yeah. But like actually, you just need to like get that proposal written. Yes. Um, it might feel like a hard thing to do initially, but it's gonna get that out yeah. the way first, and you can focus on the easier things. Yeah. Like the CV is usually a bit easier to write, isn't it? What do you think? I don't know, Mars. Yeah. Do you eat the frog a lot, or do you like? put stuff off I, I'm notoriously bad for it but since hearing the phrase I've actually been getting better at it yeah I'm the same and since you said that phrase to me and I was like shit like I need 30 to 30 seconds ago no 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 no. he said it to me before <laughs> we're friends Molly it's not just a random stranger we I don't know you shared sayings like what sort of intellectual friendship do you have we have very good chance have you heard any of it was actually a hung, we were hung over at his house and oh. we were chatting about different things that we hear so since know. then you feel like you've been eating the frog <laughs> no since then I've been aware that I'm not eating the frog <laughs> right. yeah yeah it doesn't actually change the process you're just more aware of it <laughs> yeah I'm still me at the end of the day <laughs> I'm not going to change god forbid um, um, what's your other quote for Ismael yeah go on my other quote is something that I've actually trying to, been, trying to be used in my day to day life which is don't let perfect stand in the way of good enough and oh it's basically the concept if you ever have something to do I often find myself if I don't know exactly how to do it or exactly how to do it right, then I'll just put the task off and procrastinate loads. But you can always find that it's better to edit something you've already written than Have you nothing. can't edit nothing. Yeah. Yes, so you've got to start, then you can refine it later on, but just get the first draft done. Yeah. Would yeah. you say you're a perfectionist? Oh, absolutely, yeah. <laughs> Annoyingly trait. Yeah, but it I guess it's good yeah. in your job. You have to be very meticulous. But it is yeah, annoying. it definitely helps in work, but... There's times where you just want to get something started. A lot of the time, so I do music in my inside as well. Oh, and trying no. to get a project started yeah. when you have the idea of it. But if you don't exactly have to finish it, it just never happens. So you've got to start with something and then you can refine it later. Yeah, and I guess you've got something to work with and you know what you... Like, say, I don't know, I'm not musically inclined at all, as you probably heard earlier, me saying the drumist or drum, <laughs> drumist. drumist. <laughs> um, I don't know. Yeah, at least you've got if you've got a jingle, you kind of know whether what you like about it, what you don't, what you want to where you want to move mm. it to. I heard on you know Elizabeth Day's podcast, How to Fail. I don't know if you ever heard. No, never listened to that. No. Oh, it's so good. Um, she was talking about perfectionism and basically saying how it is like the single most biggest obstacle to success is perfectionism. Really? Yeah, because like Ryle says, it stops people even attempting things because they're almost like mm. it almost like freezes you in this fear of getting it wrong that you just don't even try oh god and everyone's perception of like is it going to be yeah right or wrong? but yeah. just go for it like with your application you know you want to do a phd just go for it it doesn't have to be perfect you'll get knockbacks and that's fine it's that's like, so normal and that's all part of the process of getting to that point where yeah you, you know you do find, that's find true get accepted. are you really good at chatting shit about yourself miles are you really good at fluffing your own ass in, uh, yeah, I like patients. to. I like to try. <laughs> <laughs> so you're you're pretty good at that. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, thank you so much. We've uh... thank you. Yeah, it's been yeah lovely thanks for having me on. And hopefully you'll come on again. It's been yeah, yeah hundred percent. We'll get we'll get you on. Yeah, you, he recently listened to the Chat GPT one, and oh, I was yeah. like, I don't know why I was so pro it. Like I'm not. I'm not pro <laughs> it. And he was like, Yeah, I don't think it's a good. You don't think it's that great, great of a thing. Yeah, yeah I think it's taking creativity out of things. 
Yeah. yeah, that's my biggest worry. That's my worry as well. I, I no, know why not. I was so sure, You love it. Emily's like, I use it every day. <laughs> I can't write an email. The thing about having a podcast is you you realise how much you chat shit and how oh, much yeah, bullshit true. leaves your mouth. And you're like, I don't even believe that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, good. Okay, well, thank you so much, Miles. I hope you have a lovely day doing your offshore windshoring stuff. Alongside playing music, he's a multitasker. Oh my god, and Miles, can you please let your jingle jingle us out? Oh my god, yeah. Introduce yeah. the jingle. Yeah. Does it have a name? Jingle it out. What? What's uh, it? No name so far. No name. That could be the name. Or the stupid no podcast name. jingle soundtrack. <laughs> That's the worst oh name ever. Okay, Miles, you're gonna have to hang up on us because I don't know how to work this equipment. <laughs> so see ya. Right. Love you. Right, cheers, guys. Bye. Love you. Love you. Oh, it was almost another a perfect one. interview. Another one. Another word. Another one. Oh, that was so lovely. Yeah. Um, this is Big Stupid Genius. This is Big Stupid Genius. Swallow that bloody frog. Swallow the frog. Ribbit. <laughs> <laughs>